The Carolina Panthers need to pay Derek Brown this offseason. Don't mess around. Just give the man his money. Let's not have another Brian Burns situation. Pay Derek Brown. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays throughout the offseason, I'm going to be here on the show answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. But what you need to do is either at me or DM me. But first, please follow me first on Twitter at Julian Council to get your questions in for this Friday's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first Purchase. We're back here on the show continuing our pre-free agency position evaluations of the Carolina Panthers in 2023 heading into this 2024 new league year starting on March 13th exactly at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in these United States. We spent time talking about the offensive line, how to fix the O-line. We spent time talking about the state of the Carolina Panthers cornerback group yesterday. Talk about Frankie Louvu, Shaq Thompson, and the linebacker group today. Let's focus on the Carolina Panthers defensive line, which may have a little bit more work to do this offseason than some of you may realize. But let's start off with the man in the middle who was just magnificent this season, Derek Brown. During the 2023 season, Derek Brown set an NFL record for the most tackles by a defensive lineman in a season. Derek Brown crossed the 100 tackle threshold this past year, setting the NFL mark by a defensive lineman in a single season. By the way, the NFL has only been tracking this stat since 1994. My thought is, Derek Brown probably has a record anyways. Now, back in the day, there's a lot more running, so it's possible someone down the line had 110 tackles, 120, however many it was. But the Panthers and the rest of the league are playing 17 games now. They're getting more opportunities, and Derek Brown has been durable. He has been phenomenal since he stepped into the league, and there's been questions about whether he gets after the passer enough and if he's ever going to be that kind of guy. If you watch him back at Auburn, just wreak havoc during the 2019 season in the SEC and even the year before that. Derek Brown was never really a pass rusher, but he was somebody that was a problem. And today in the NFL playing for the Carolina Panthers, he's still a problem and he is just a massive human being. I was coming back from a flight uh, it was sometime last year I was at the airport and saw him there. And I was like, that is a massive, massive human being. And I just don't know how anybody who's also massive has any chance at blocking that dude on any given Sunday. And as we saw this past season, well, teams didn't do a very good job of doing that. According to Pro Football Focus, Derek Brown had an overall grade of 90.1, which ranked fourth out of 130 interior defensive linemen this past year. His run defense grade was 90. 
78.0. His pass rushing grade was a 78.1. And I did myself and you a disservice by not even looking up to see with those grades as far as the pass, the run um, defense grade, if Derek Brown was tops in the NFL. So let me do that while I'm doing this podcast right now, looking at all the player grades and PFF. And that's a great thing about the internet and about podcasting that it's not live, but I can do this on the fly. His run defense grade was only behind Quinnen Williams of the New York Jets. Quinnen Williams had a 90.4. Derek Brown had a 90. And Derek Brown had a 90.1 overall grade. Quinnen Williams had a 90.6. So he's right there. Right there on par with Quinnen Williams of the New York Jets, who we saw in the Hard Knocks uh, episode back in the fall or in the summer, rather, just how dominant he was. And he's a pass-rushing kind of player, but he's also a really good run-stopper. Dexter Lawrence, who was the number one defensive tackle in the NFL this season, he was behind Derrick Brown in run defense grade. Derrick Brown is a phenomenal player. And the Carolina Panthers, they don't need to mess around here. Don't mess around. Pay the man. I talked about last year before the season started, paying Brian Burns, don't wait around, stop messing around with this man's money, go ahead and give it to him. I'm going to say this right here on February 15th, 2024, pay Derek Brown. Quit messing around. Pay the man. I don't want to hear anything about, oh, well, he doesn't get after the passer. Okay, only two sacks last season, but according to PFF, he had 41 pressures. 41 pressures is pretty good, right? And I know there's always thought about you got to get home. You got to get the sacks. The sack numbers are what matters. What's your pressure rate, though? Pressure can lead to turnovers. Sacks can lead to turnovers if you get a strip sack, but pressure in the quarterback's face, gets them off their spot, makes them make quick decisions, and potentially leads to turnovers, which the Carolina Panthers did not do a lot of this past season. But Derrick Brown, under Todd Wash this year, showed more of a capability to get pressure on the quarterback, to actually get home to the quarterback than we had seen in his first three seasons as a Carolina Panther. I am not totally concerned about his sack numbers. With Brian Burns, yeah, that matters a lot more, but with Derrick Brown in the middle of the defense he's asked to take on double teams to be able to get some pressure up the middle on the quarterback on occasion but really to set the tone on the defensive line and this as I have said and I will continue to state we can focus in on the quarterback the wide receivers all of that this is a line of scrimmage game and Derek Brown is someone who sets the tone on the line of scrimmage for the Carolina Panthers that is important and if you don't have Derek Browns you quite honestly do not have a chance look on Sunday at the Super Bowl what the 49ers defensive line was able to do in that game to Patrick Mahomes early on when Steve Wilkes was just pitching a gym and he's not the the uh, defensive coordinator anymore in San Francisco okay I'm not worried about that, but still, look at Chris Jones in Kansas City and what he's been able to do. Defensive tackles right there in the middle of the defense, they make a difference. Aaron Donald, you just don't find teams who win Super Bowls without those caliber of players, and Derrick Brown is that in Carolina. Pay the man. He's set to play on his fifth-year option, which is worth $11.6 million, and that's not nothing. That's a lot of money. He deserved it. He's earned it, and well... Seeing now that he's just a pro bowler after this past season, and you can sit here and you can be like, well, you know, he's a pro bowler because blah, 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 blah. He should have been a pro bowler. He, he, should, he wasn't a pro bowler in, at first because the Panthers sucked. They went 2-15, and, and the way that the, the media works, just 
so freaking binary. That, oh, your team was bad? Oh, yeah. Well, then I, he, clearly you can't be a pro bowler. No, it's an individual award. If he's one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, which he was this past season, setting an NFL record, you name the man to the Pro Bowl, even if it's just, you know, the Pro Bowl games, playing tug of war and all the other stuff that they did on that Sunday a couple weeks ago. They need to go ahead and get this man's deal done. Looking at spot track, the place for contracts, his market value, and this is comical. His market value is three years, $35 million. His average salary is eleven point seven, which is right there on par with what he's set to make in 2024. He'll be 26 this upcoming season. The player that they compare and also the player I feel like should be most compared to Derek Brown in these negotiations is Ed Oliver from the Buffalo Bills. Ed Oliver was selected ninth overall in 2018. The next year in 2020, Derek Brown was taken seventh overall by the Carolina Panthers. Both of those guys, interior defensive linemen, both of them drafted in the top 10, both of them absolute freaking monsters in college. Derek Brown at Auburn, at Oliver, at Houston, and they both come to the NFL and they've played well. The Bills sign at Oliver to a four-year, $68 million contract with a $14.7 million signing bonus, 45.2 guaranteed, an average annual salary of $17 million. And looking at the season prior to getting paid that, at Oliver only played in 13 games. He had 34 tackles, two and a half sacks, and nine tackles for loss. You look at this past year, he had nine and a half sacks. He's more of an edge or pass rusher than Derrick Brown is, and that's always been the case dating back to his college playing days at Houston with the Cougars. He really broke out this season after getting paid that sum. Derrick Brown has broken out before potentially getting paid that sum and more. That should be the baseline when we're discussing Derrick Brown's potential contract in Carolina. And quite honestly, he should be getting more. At no point in his career so far has Ed Oliver been a pro bowler. Derrick Brown is just coming off his first pro bowl, is coming off of setting an NFL record. The league's been around for over 100 years, and he set a record. I get it. They hadn't been doing it, tracking that number until 1994. Doesn't matter. Record holder, Pro Bowl season. You already have him under a good deal this upcoming season. Pay him. Looking at Ed Oliver last offseason, the Bills also had Ed Oliver planning on the fifth-year option heading into 2023. They had an opportunity to pay him in the offseason, and they decided to do that back in June. The Panthers sit in a similar situation. Derek Brown set to play on the fifth-year option. The Panthers have all off season to get a deal done. And I think they need to do this. Don't wait around. Don't let this be another Brian Burns situation. They waited with Brian Burns. He became a pro bowler again. And then they could not come to terms because Brian Burns asking price was very high. Now things have changed with Dan Morgan taking over as the president of football operations and general manager. And with, um, Brant Tillis coming in as an EVP of football operations and cap and salary cap guy and contract guy. Understand that, but it's still understood that he's going to get paid a lot of money. And it may have been less back in the offseason of 2022 had the Carolina Panthers just gone out and gave him his money. Or even last offseason, before they even got to training camp, had they just given his money. Let's not have another situation like that. Get ahead of it. He said to plan a fifth-year option. You have him in tow, but make sure he's going to be a long-term player here in Carolina. That needs to be the case, and that should be one of the priorities. Figure out what you can do with Brian Burns and the fifth-year option, or really, excuse me, the franchise tag. Figure out what you can do with Frankie Louvu, whether you're going to retain him. And go find out a way to keep Derek Brown around. That $11 million this year coming up, 
you can open up some cap space if you go ahead and extend them. That should be one of the top priorities for the Carolina Panthers. Derek Brown, pay the man now. And a big reason why the Panthers should pay Derek Brown other than he's outstanding is the rest of the defensive linemen this past year, they left a lot to be desired. We'll evaluate the years of Shai Tuttle and Deshaun Williams and whether they should be back in 2024. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing this week. Buddy, work's killing me. Uh, y'all may know my full-time job is with NASCAR, working at the Motor Racing Network, got the Daytona 500 coming up here on Sunday. I'm working the pre-race broadcast, and I'm getting my butt kicked. So I am tired this week. Just want to get over the hump on Sunday and get to next week past Daytona. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, get better help but try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash locked on it's rather simple with Derek brown pay the man give him his money don't mess around let's get to it carolina panthers it's simple there but with shy tuttle and deshaun williams maybe not as simple this offseason as we look here and evaluate what they did in 2023 and what their roles may be moving forward in 2024 if they're both back here in carolina now shy tuttle's under contract deshaun williams is an unrestricted free agent talked about him on monday in our stay or go conversation talking about the 21 unrestricted free agents here in carolina who should stay, who should go, and the complicated decisions the Panthers may have, especially on the defensive side of the ball when trying to decide which player should go and what player should stay here in Carolina. Let's focus on first with Shy Tuttle here before we get to Deshaun Williams. Shy Tuttle, this past year, I quite honestly forgot he was even a Carolina Panther. <laughs> Guys, outside of Derrick Brown, the rest of these defensive linemen were fairly invisible this past season. And Shai Tuttle is one of them. Nice story. Played with the Saints. Went to the University of Tennessee. Signed back home with the Carolina Panthers. Went to North Davidson High School. That's all well and good to have a Carolina boy back in the old North State playing for the black and blue. But as far as on the field... 52.9 overall grade, according to PFF. 52.8 run defense grade, according to PFF. 57.8 pass rush grade, according to PFF. And he was rated 91st out of 130 interior defensive linemen. Not great. The Carolina Panthers signed him to a three-year, $19.5 million contract with 5.4 signing bonus, $13 million guaranteed, and an average annual salary of $6.5 million. Those $13 million guaranteed, that was a signing bonus, a 2023 salary, and his 2024 salary, which makes things a little bit more complicated for the Carolina Panthers. I was looking at spot track to see what the cap savings could be if the Panthers were to release Shy Tuttle before June 1 and even after June 1, and there are none. They actually lose cap space, much as the same situation with guys like Taylor Moten and Austin Corbett and some of the other players we've talked about, like Hayden Hurst and Miles Sanders. We'll talk more about their position groups next week on the show. The Panthers don't 
really benefit all that much from getting rid of by getting rid of Shy Tuttle because they just don't get the cap room and then they're missing an interior defensive lineman who could start there for the team and has experience playing in the NFC South, but just really just experience playing as a starter in the NFL. So he's going to be back this upcoming season. The hope, though, is that he can bounce back and be far better than he was this past season. Again, 52.9 overall grade in 2023. In 2022, it was 60.3. In 21, it was 71.7. In 2020, it was a 73.1. And in 2019, it was a 75.9. I think you're understanding that. So let's go backwards, starting at the beginning of his career, to this past season. It went from 79.1 to 73.1 to 71.7 to 60.3 to 52.9 last year. He's regressed. Every single year of his career so far, according to the fine folks over in Cincinnati at PFF. That ain't great, y'all. That shy Tuttle seemingly is just not really getting that much better. And that's only one way to look at a player. PFF's not gospel. And as you've noticed, I've gotten access to a premium account, which I've been using it to do these position breakdowns and to talk about these players. It's just another tool. Um, but this tool's telling us that shy Tuttle hasn't been even like an above average player in a couple years now. And he's back fully guaranteed for 2024 set to be a starter. It's the same defense. I don't know how much you can expect to change other than maybe he's more comfortable in the system in year two. Derek Brown's going to be getting even more attention after what he did this past season. Those could be reasons why he would have success I'm just looking at the stats, and they're saying that he's likely to regress again. The Carolina Panthers can ill afford to have that be the case. Deshaun Williams, he's a player with a great story to how he got to the NFL, playing in Denver in 22, coming back home to the Carolinas from Daniel, South Carolina, played football at Clemson. His cousins, DeAndre, Nuke Hopkins, and there was some talk that, hey, maybe cousin, cousin, hey, team up here in Carolina. Did not happen. Deshaun Williams, though, as good of a story it was, as a starter, was Rather ineffective at a 50.0 overall grade, 46.1 run defense grade, 104 out of 130 interior defensive linemen, and he's 31 years old. I said on Monday's show, which I encourage you to go back and listen to, this is a guy I feel like needs to go. He's above 30, and I always feel bad saying that, being someone who's also above the age of 30. A little bit different having him played in the NFL for a long time and me just being a normal citizen. He, there's a lot of wear and tear. And maybe not that much wear and tear, but there's still some wear and tear. And he's not getting any younger, as cliche as that is. And we saw just the numbers just weren't that great. It's going to be interesting to me to see how much of a role Jero Vero, the Panthers, DC, is going to be able to play in the construction of this roster moving forward in the past when Scott Fitter was here, when Matt Rule was here, Frank Reich was here briefly. The Carolina Panthers had a collaborative process of when they brought in players and who they wanted here and who they didn't want. It wasn't just Scott Fitter saying, here are your players, coach them. It was, who do you like? And, Kate, hey, tell me what you want to do here. I'm wondering now with Dan Morgan as the GM and president of football operations handling the personnel side of things, is he going to just say, 
this is your roster. Is he going to rule kind of an iron fist, so to say, or is he going to ask Jero Vero, hey, what players do you like? Are they going to try to fit the scheme, or are they just going to draft the players they feel like fit as Carolina Panthers and then find a way to get your players to fit into the scheme and really get the most out of them, which is what a good coach would do, but also makes sense that you would want to draft based off of the traits and attributes that you're looking for for a player based off of the offense and defense that you run. I understand that. I'm just wondering how much of a Jero Vero's input will be placed into the decisions to move on from a Deshaun Williams and some of the other players if that's what the Carolina Panthers decide to do this offseason, which I do believe they should decide to do when it comes to Deshaun Williams because there are some younger players who actually stepped up this past season, and I'm wondering now, do the Panthers have some young, cheap guys who could start a youth movement on the defensive line? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees buy tickets in seconds with just two taps and guys uh, are the hornets fun again got grant williams native son got seth curry not the curry that we want uh, but we got seth curry another native son and the hornets are winning games maybe go to game time and go check them out take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n that's locked on for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Could we be looking at a youth movement on the defensive line moving forward in Carolina? Shai Tuttle will be back again this season. He's 28 right now. I believe he'll be turning 29 at some point in time this fall, right on the good side of 30. Derek Brown, he's still a young player, and he's hopefully going to be here a very long time. He continues to play like he played this past year and the year prior moving forward. Yeah, he's going to be around. That's barring the Carolina Panthers do the right thing and pay the man his money, which I think they will do hopefully this offseason. That will help salary cap wise for the Panthers, especially not knowing what's going to happen with Brian Burns. Likely the franchise tag. Will they get a deal done before the new league year starts? We will see. But Derek Brown, he should be a part of the future long term. Shy Tuttle, uh, probably only one more year here in Carolina. Just looking at the contract, he's going to be on the roster this upcoming season because of that. And the Panthers just don't get anything out of letting him go. Just a missing roster spot, missing experience. But Deshaun Williams feel like it's time to move on from him after one year, mainly because, well, some of the young guys who – yeah, I'll, 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 I'll cop to it. I dismissed these guys. I had never heard of them, and I'm honest there with y'all. If there's somebody who I've never heard of, I'm going to tell you. I don't know who that man is. Don't know that man from Adam. Maybe you can help the Carolina Panthers out. Maybe you can't. I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know anything. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know everything. Uh, there's, and, yes, I probably don't know anything, according to many of you out there. And I am humble in recognizing that I don't know everything, and I sometimes don't know anything. That is very true. When it came to Nick, Nick Thurman and LeBron Ray, I knew who LeBron Ray was because he played at Alabama. I'd heard of him. Nick Thurman, no idea who this guy was. 
Those guys came in, though, and they were fairly impressive, especially Nick Thurman. That dude took over that Falcons game and then came back the next week against Green Bay and also was outstanding. Looking at PFF, his two highest-graded games this past season were in those games where he was excellent in run defense and just a game wrecker. We looked at Derrick Brown, what he's done all season long. Nick Thurman, I was like, well, hold on, hold on. Who is that? Okay, that's Nick Thurman. He was really good in those two games, and he was pretty good in spots this season. So good that, according to PFF, he was the 48th rated interior defensive lineman out of 130 this past season in the NFL. That's better than Deshaun Williams, who was 104th, and that's better than Shai Tuttle, who was 91st. Two players getting paid millions to be starters got outplayed by somebody who played 28 snaps tops when he got an opportunity this past year. LeBron Ray was also fine in his appearances as he was rated 84th of 130 interior defensive linemen. So both Thurman and both Ray outplayed in their minimal snaps Shai Tuttle and Deshaun Williams this past season. Tuttle safe, in my opinion, because of his contract, and it's guaranteed. Deshaun Williams is not safe because he's an unrestricted free agent, and there's two younger guys who can come in and can play at a higher level than we've shown last year and even the year prior when he was in Denver under a Jero Averro. Both of them are back this upcoming year, too. Nick Thurman and LeBron Ray, the Panthers, back in January, re-signed both of them to exclusive rights deals as free agents. That's a good sign for the Panthers that I've been talking about in the previous episodes in the draft. you got to find those diamonds in the rough. But in free agency, you've kind of done it in a way with a player like Frankie Louvu. When you do that, make sure to pay the guy, keep him around town. They found possibly... I'm not saying these guys are going to have a Frankie Louvu kind of like renaissance, like resurgence. This not even resurgence, just breakout kind of season. I don't think Thurman and Ray are going to do that, but it's good to have them around. And looking just at their grades overall, Thurman was had a 63.4, Ray had a 54.6 run defense. Thurman was 65.4, Ray was a 59.2 uh, pass rush. Thurman was a 55.0, Ray was a 49.9 run defense wise. Thurman. Gives you something. And the Panthers, they need those rotational kind of offensive defensive linemen to come in and to give you that kind of presence. Like that's that's what they need. And there's an old Panther whose name is completely escaping me, who just had one of the most epic pictures in Spartanburg, which is his pot belly out. And please someone just tweet at me and remind me who that was. That's the kind of players Panthers need. They need that kind of rotational defensive lineman. And I can't believe I forgot who, who that was. Oh, well, old age. Raekwon Williams, he will also be back this upcoming season as Panthers re-signed him to one of those deals. He was a star briefly in that game against the Giants in week two of the preseason. Didn't make the roster. Didn't really see him all that much. I do think, though, with Raekwon Williams, who is going to have a little bit more time to develop and looking at what Thurman was able to do last year, and even LeBron Ray, someone that this staff, and I'm thinking the defensive coaching staff, had a little big say in Thurman and Ray coming to Carolina, I'm thinking that a youth movement may be in order. You're going to have Derrick Brown. You're going to have Shai Tuttle again. So you have two experienced veterans. You have one that's outstanding, another that you hope can really bounce back this upcoming season and in and, and the regression pattern that's occurred since his rookie year in the NFL. You have those two guys paired with some younger players, primarily Thurman, who showed you some stuff in spots. Give them another year of development, another year in this system, 
and see what they can do. The Panthers don't have a ton of draft picks. I don't think interior defensive line is really the top priority for this team. You would think that wide receiver would be, offensive line if that's what they want to do, corner would be, edge rusher potentially. Those four supersede interior defensive line. You have one guy who's a stud, another guy who's going to be on the contract here starting again next season, and some young guys down the pipeline who can potentially help you. And you cannot say that about a lot of position groups here in Carolina. And so far from the conversations that we've had doing these positional evaluations heading into free agency, I don't think there's a single one that I've been this confident about when it comes to the younger guys who played in spots last year and showed you something. So yeah, youth movement. Let's do it. Don't really feel like they need to go out there and draft somebody. If they do, well, they do. And we still have free agency to go on before I can say anything definitive. But right now, I think that there's potentially something there when it comes to Nick Thurman, LeBron Ray, and maybe even Raekwon Williams and some of the other younger defensive linemen there in the interior defensive line in Carolina. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hosted by yours truly, that's me, Julian Council. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And do this right now. Follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, and at me, or DM me your question for tomorrow's weekly Friday mailbag. Give me the questions. I had a couple questions from last week because um, I knew the show because we had the Panthers keeping around the Jero Barrel. That was a little bit more important. I'm sorry. Let me answer your questions. So I have some questions from last week. I had some questions I've gotten so far this week. Send in questions. There will be a mailbag tomorrow. I want to answer your questions. And we'll all have a great weekend. So in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always and forever. Keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Friday.